Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, depending on what time you are tuning in. You are now listening to the official SQL podcast, an audio experience dedicated to helping you become a better marketer. Matt, yes, good morning, good man. Good morning. It's bright and early here in Nashville, Tennessee. <laughs> good to see you. Good to see you too. I think it's uh, it's bright and early is uh, is a little bit of an understatement. We're still in the winter time, so yeah, it's not it's, bright. It's not bright. Kind I'm, of gray. I'm looking forward to that shift that will happen. Winter is my favorite kind of time of year up until Christmas, and then that that period between January to like March before the weather turns. If I'm honest, it's not my favorite time of year. So <laughs> no, I, I I totally agree. I actually have some uh, tickets to the divisional Titans game. Oh, okay. And I'm like pulling out ski gear yeah, just to pretty much hopefully stay warm for that. Yeah, it's it's um, gonna be cold. That's on Saturday, right? Also hit. That's yes. this Saturday's game. Yeah. Yes, this Saturday's game. Go yeah. go Titans. Yes, absolutely. For anyone They're, who's they've, they've not done a fan, well you this year. Be. They've done well this year. Not bad. Yeah. Hopefully, we make it through the uh, the playoffs this time. <laughs> we shall see. We shall see. For Got sure. Fingers crossed. Well, today we have some fun discussional points that's kind of going to be relevant for a, a different subset of, of kind of clientele that we work with on a frequent basis, and that is discussing topics centered around the idea of marketing tactics, marketing trends and, and patterns for B2B, that's business to business mm-hmm. uh, sales uh, marketing, you know, how do you well, how do you well discuss or describe your business to another business, mm-hmm. and how do you get them interested, in, and uh, how do you pull their uh, attention to someone if if they don't even know you exist? So. Yeah, so so organizations and companies that have to sell to other organizations and companies, this is always tough, and I I truly believe that this is overthought in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. right? And I think that uh, from a philosophical standpoint. There's a lot B2B marketers can learn from B2C, like business to consumer um, content, especially when we're talking about marketing. So um, I'm certainly willing to discuss maybe a couple of tactics that we can, Mm -hmm. you know, share here for content marketing in the B2B space. But I think first we have to kind of back up and understand what are the objectives for a B2B company. Sure. And really it's the same as a B2C company. It's Mm -hmm. who we are what we do or what we can offer and how it impacts you and your business. Great. And for the consumer, it's just how it impacts you and your life. Pretty much. Yeah. It's a lot more simple as far as the, 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 the measurable is, is the specific is not as, not as broad or have more as many possibilities. So why don't we hit on just give me some of those specifics that make it unique. How is talking to a business different than talking to just directly to a customer? That's actually a really good question. I would argue that if you can get the attention of another business, mm-hmm. you might have a hyper focus. So they're listening better. Sure. However, they may have a shorter window of time to give you that hyper focus. Interesting. A okay. consumer who might be on a pathway to learning more about a product or service they may have less attention to give, mm-hmm. like from the depth and the focus that they're going to commit. Yeah. But they probably have a larger window of time to allocate towards hearing sure. your messaging. Sure, sure. So the true difference, again, um, because it's so similar, is just probably the, the length of time mm-hmm. that you have to get your messaging across. Yeah. But if you can communicate it well, you're going okay. to do better with this audience. So a B2B audience is much more in tune with finding a solution to their problem yeah. because their search started with a problem, a pain point, yeah. where a consumer 
could be doing it for, you know, interest or a hobby or entertainment. You know, sure. there's there's all these different, you know, reasons why a consumer would be looking for a product versus a business. So let me rephrase. You're telling me that it's even more important that my content is relevant in a much smaller window, like right out of the gate. It's much more relevant to what I'm saying, how I'm saying it, what I'm showing even more so with B2B than B2C? Absolutely, because that time window is likely shortened of attention. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's important that we define relevant, right? So sure. what a lot of B2B marketers default to, and it's it's not entirely their problem, mm-hmm. is just this is every attribute to my product or service. They yeah. believe that's the messaging that yeah. they have to get across. Mm-hmm. So when we, as a strategy company, start to design our experiential design process, mm-hmm. our our discovery phase, and our content outlines yep. for customers, sometimes we'll get the question of, well, how does your B2B approach differ from your B2C mm-hmm. approach? Yeah. And fundamentally, it does not differ. Yeah. Yeah. The tactics are changed to fit the B2B need, sure. but the approach and the strategy is very similar, if not identical. Yeah. So relevant would be how are we breaking or disrupting that mentality of b2b marketers who have always defaulted to just giving us a hit list of every single feature Mm -hmm. of our product or service Mm -hmm. so that's step one yeah it's kind of differentiating from that noise yeah right so um the way we do this is kind of the same that we do with b2c and i'm going to keep on kind of using them as a reference (laughs) there but what we've learned is the most effective marketing Mm -hmm. especially in a b2b space does not focus on the feature point of the product or service. It mm-hmm. focuses on the impact that the product or service has on two mm-hmm. things, the business, but more specifically, the people who use the product or service. Sure. sure. So yes, your business as an example, let's just say it's something like CPA, you know, accounting mm-hmm. or something, back yeah. office. You're selling that service to a larger company who is going to have a short financial gain Mm -hmm. because they get to offset some of that workload to you and your team as part of your service offering. But secondary to that is the financial team. Mm -hmm. How are they impacted on a day-to-day now that they can offload those things for you? What are they able to now focus on? Mm -hmm. How much more efficient can they be for the company? And how much better is their day-to-day work life? Sure. So you've got two elements of story here. You could go down and just completely mm-hmm. uh, expand and, and go breadth and go understand. deep and wide and yeah. I yeah. Mean, so that's the that's the first thing I try and help B two B people understand is focus on the impact okay. that your product or service has. So now there's there's several different dynamics of ways because you can look at B two B customers as you know who's the one ultimately buying the service. And the variety of who they need to talk to could be so vast. You know, obviously there's there's millions of different businesses out in the world that are operating every day, each with their own different market, their own different customer of who they're talking to. And so what you need to do to, as a takeaway from this is try to evaluate your main objective of what does your service, product, whatever, what is it? help the individual not how do you sell it not here are the features here are the benefits of just the thing help understand the outcome i think we've talked about that in previous episodes is Mm -hmm. help establish uh, a foundation in whatever your tactic is for your campaign is talk about the outcome don't talk about the product itself 
mm-hmm. in a in a potential you know you can do a, a a twist where you're centered around the features that's that's always going to be there right but if you want to really hook around get the idea planted in that potential customer is really really focus on that outcome and i i like that that you kind of brought that really honed in on so many possibilities is how can this help you here's an area here's an area here's an area look at that you each one of those could be a potential campaign in right. itself absolutely and focusing on the people and i think that's the thing is a lot of b2b marketers they get stressed out because they think that they've gone down every pathway and told the story mm-hmm. every way possible to tell all you have to do is tap into the people that you serve yep and you have an endless amount of opportunity for content yeah because every in, unique individual whether it's an organization mm-hmm. or a one-on-one uh, consumer of your product or service is going to have a different mentality or viewpoint mm-hmm. of how they interacted with your brand how they consistently uh utilized the product or service yeah and the greater impact for their lives and just them telling those stories in sequence mm-hmm. can give you just an endless amount of content if you know yeah. what to look at well, I know there's many other areas we could explore that are mm-hmm. unique to B2B, but let's let's shift and, and talk about the, the, the similarities mm-hmm. uh, between B2B and yep. B2C. So we already mentioned specifically that uh, a customer's uh, marketing tactic might be a little bit broader. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have a little bit more time. I also want to point out a, another kind of difference, but similarity is the platforms in which you have to communicate your message right. are different with B2B to B2C, but you can still use B2C platforms to talk to, but the tactic is just different because you're attacking, not attacking, but you're kind of <laughs> uh, a, a trying to get that time mm-hmm. of the individual on a personal side. Right. You know, everyone's sitting at home. If something pops on your news feed, you'll think about it in a business sense. You know, when you're you're flipping through your personal Instagram and if something pops up, you'll save it or you'll send it to a buddy uh, and you'll you know talk about it at the next business day. So being able to use similar platforms, mm-hmm. on, even on a B two C side, is still functional. Yeah. So talk me through a couple other similarities on the B two B to B two C side. Well, first of all, that's spoken like a true business owner, <laughs> Matt. Uh, we send each other endless amounts of content, Very our personal true, time, yeah. uh, for business reasons. So great mm-hmm. example. Um, I will say that. B2B marketers, again, there's, and I have worked on this side of the digital advertising space, so I can kind of speak exclusively to mm-hmm. this, uh, but B2B marketers are convinced uh, historically uh, as a whole that they need to have access to exclusive groups. So as I, you know, think old school, it was, oh, we've got a magazine that sells these type of products and we have the biggest trade show for this type of category yep. in the world. Mm-hmm. B2B marketers would flock to that area and say, I've got to be part of the magazine. Mm-hmm. I've got to have a booth there for the next show. Yep. Would it help? Sure. It would help mm-hmm. because there's eyeballs there for sure. Yeah. I would argue that that's grossly overpriced considering, mm-hmm. like you said, there's platforms that people are engaging on every single day yeah when these people take off their work hats they're still a person Mm -hmm. they're still going to communicate with family members they're still going to search uh certain entertainment sites Mm -hmm. and um the strategy again similarity for b2c what we do in b2b is we find out where our ideal customer Mm -hmm. in this case the ideal business associates would be spending time online yeah and we try and get involved in the content experience. Mm. So digital advertising has always been kind of a uh, interruption to the experience. Yeah. 
And whether it's B2C or B2B, SQL's approach has always been how do we get, how do we become part of the conversation mm-hmm. and or how do we become part of the direct content they True. enjoy viewing, yep. right? So that lends into maybe more of a tactic. Mm-hmm. However, that's kind of uh, in line with what you were saying is that don't, as a B2B marketer, don't overlook some of these very typical, very cheap to play in yep. platforms, mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, when the business hat comes off, that person is, is still, still, yep, still the, thinking the decision maker, mm-hmm. and you can influence their decisions when their business hats off, mm-hmm. outside of business hours, yeah, outside of your typical industry specific websites that mm-hmm. they have to use or software platforms, yeah. So B two B marketers need to just open their minds to understanding that. B2B can limit their thinking sure. to what is possible and what's available out there. So let me ask you this, though. on When that, when that flip occurs and you're, you're kind of talking to the person off hours on that, you know, consumer side of, of media, can you change your methodology to not have to feel like you just repeat that B2B mm-hmm. ad? And we, we focus on something that's maybe a little bit, just a little bit longer form, maybe a few more seconds to add to that ad of that marketing tactic or the marketing message is mm-hmm. a little different. Or do you think that the message should still ultimately remain the same, that content, the heart of that component should still stay the same to maybe trigger that business flag kind of yep. in their head? Or do you think that, that should we focus on doing something that's a, here's a B2B plan mm-hmm. But we're going to have a trickle-down effect and make something alternate versions or whatever for trying to hit that market on a consumer side when they're off work. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what we try and do is, is hopefully, you know, the organizations that we work with, they're, they're quite large. They usually have a sophisticated CRM system, mm-hmm. segmentation of all these audiences, right? So we have data that can influence the type of content we make for them and when. Yep. Um, I would argue that when the business hat comes off, the content we're making is lacking that product or service information messaging sure. entirely. Okay. So as an example, we're in Nashville, right? Let's just say someone, uh, the ideal customer, there's a large group of them that goes to this entertainment site. Let's mm-hmm. just say CMT, right? Sure. We know they go to CMT. We want to sell our our business or product there. What is the typical route? The typical route is be a sponsor of the mm-hmm. of the uh, of the content or have some kind of you know banner ad or something that's yeah. near the content. Yeah. We could take that a step further and create country music not around the business or product, sure, no. yeah. but that is in a setting where we either have product placement. Yeah. We have a uh, in between messaging mm-hmm. that makes sense to what's happening here, and that's that's mm-hmm. kind of the crafting of the strategy, yeah. really. But I would argue, when the hat the business hats off, don't worry about the business. True. Worry about being there and supporting their content experience sure. wherever they are. And, and I then can, when you flip, yeah. sorry, when you flip, go back into the things that work from a business hours perspective. Yep. When their mind is a hundred percent on business, like infographics are a great example. Mm-hmm. For B2B, there's no way to quicker get your message across or your mm-hmm. point across without with without using some great big beautiful graphics that really just tell the tell your whole story really in five to ten seconds. Mm-hmm. I mean you can't beat infographics during right. business hours. So yep. you've got to look at your segmentation and say, here's who they are mm-hmm. as a as a target. 
here's who they are as the person and mm-hmm. the arc of what they do in a single day mm-hmm. and all the places that I can be in both sides of that. So yeah. as the business person, as the as the at home person, mm-hmm. here's all the places I can I can reach them at. And mm-hmm. here's two completely different streams. Yep. But the consistency is what would pay off. Mm-hmm. Right. So video works obviously Always, it's kind of the yeah. number one mechanism right now for any platform of choice video it's so easy to message people trust it now mm-hmm. a lot more infographics would be your your typical day-to-day hours uh mm-hmm. white papers should be dead but they're not dead yet um <laughs> they should be there i wouldn't suggest Why? i would suggest your infographics completely uh replace your white papers mm-hmm so you got video, you got infographics, and then the third is really creating a hub for this content. Mm-hmm. So the better companies, the companies that are doing this really well, um, and some of the companies we support, we are always trying to attract an audience. Mm-hmm. I'm going to use CMT again as an example. We can align and target the CMT audience and crowd, mm-hmm. and we can get their IP addresses through our data and through uh, CRM systems, and we can retarget them mm-hmm. to try and drive traffic to a central hub for us which would hopefully be your business mm-hmm. uh, product or service website. Mm-hmm. And we house the entertainment there. Yeah, you get so we house, traffic, yeah. yeah, we have we house exactly what they love watching and seeing, mm-hmm. minus the business messaging, in the place where they could make a direct purchase with us. Yeah, it's very interesting. Yeah, I mean, you think then of we're all just the possibilities. Yeah. And then we're just consistent. So that's the same tactics we'd use in B2C with slightly different methodologies. Mm-hmm. But they're so similar that B2B, if they just spent a couple weeks thinking like a B2C marketer, yeah, it would change the pathway for, for their marketing campaigns for probably the the rest of their yeah. <laughs> the rest of their existence. There's definitely some some powerful nuggets there to kind of unpack from possibilities out of that. And you think along the lines of comparing something, I'll just use an example, like some sort of stadium advertiser. Uh, you go to any sort of stadium and you'll see a brand that you would never as a consumer buy from. And I, I'm har- having a hard time thinking of a specific. I'll just mm-hmm. say like... Because you don't remember their brands. Exactly, yeah. yeah. yeah I mean, if if you said like something like... a food packaging like, company or... A, yeah, like know. Caterpillar. Yeah. Like they're a big brand. They advertise yeah. on NASCAR and stadiums and all that kind of stuff. But me as a consumer who does my work and goes to these events Mm -hmm. i'm probably not going to buy a backhoe or a big earth moving vehicle but possibly but the ones who are renting out those booths those nice box seats they may be purchasers for but that's tying it around to a specific that's tying it around a specific i'm saying in a general sense yeah when you think of caterpillar saying okay how does spending and i don't even know what what the range on billboards inside stadiums costs as far as like longevity contracts but they're not cheap we know that and so like you said you instantly went to where the relevancy was whereas my my sense went to the 70,000 people in a stadium and only 75 people in the stadium are relevant to even see that so i mean there's there's definitely beauty of marketing mm -hmm. so they always are analyzing cost on this and without Mm -hmm. getting down the rabbit hole yeah they basically said the cost to be in that stadium for the season Mm -hmm. to keep pinging these six people yep six (laughs) decision makers out of the seventy thousand for the whole season is worth the cost to us because Mm -hmm. what those six could yield if one just one converted Mm -hmm. absolutely so you're always making that 
It's a balance. You're always, mm-hmm. yeah, you're always doing the math and trying to figure out what the ROI is. But I would say that the consistency of being somewhere mm-hmm. is going to bring opportunities that you couldn't have forecasted for. Yeah. So for B2B, sometimes they spend a little more. Sometimes they spend a little less than a B2C marketer would. Yeah. Right? So it's based on the on the ROI, but I would say that consistency for a business mm-hmm. has to be there because businesses that use other businesses as vendors, yeah. they have cycles, right? Mm-hmm. They, they have churn. Mm-hmm. Some businesses fall out. Now there's an opportunity. They've seen your branding for two years, but they were under contract with another vendor. True. Yeah. Now they can use you. So Windows are different. You've got yeah. to be consistent. Mm-hmm. Well, let's kind of bring it home for a specific point for today. We talked about the differences. We talked about the similarities. Mm-hmm. And it's definitely something to keep in the mindset of of focusing not on the product, focus on the results, focus mm-hmm. on the ob- objectivity of who you're trying to talk to and know that, that you can always talk to them mm-hmm. uh, in this easy-to-communicate world that we live in now with so many different platforms. Mm-hmm. You can talk in a business sense. You can talk in a personal sense. Now, what about on a B2B side for choosing someone to work with Mm -hmm. to help you do those communications? And I I think I'd like to offer just a little bit of helpful advice to our listeners and viewers to just say, obviously, if you're looking at needing a partner or needing someone to help source this concept and this phrase, and it's not something that you're a big enough team to do internally, Mm -hmm. imagine yourself as you're being sold or you're looking at these different vendors like SQL, we talk to businesses all the time as a, here's our objectives, here's our strategies that we use, here's our outcomes, and here's how we would suggest moving forward with your marketing objectives. Now, a lot of time it is B2C, Mm -hmm. but the B2B is happening when you're talking to that vendor. Like as an example, SQL, when we talk to our customers about a possible uh, area to explore, SQL is doing a B2B side Sick. right there. Yes. So imagine whatever vendor that you're talking to, if you're not talking to SQL, I don't know why you wouldn't, but <laughs> if you're not talking to SQL, imagine yourself, you're looking for a vendor. Who is that vendor? How are they talking to you? And you are that B2B experience. So if you're needing B2B marketing help, Mm-hmm. the person that you're talking to is doing B2B. So how well are they doing that? How well are they communicating? What tactics are they using? Yeah. Where else do you see them? Yeah. You know, like for us, we're using this podcast as a platform for possible other entertainment outlets where you could mm-hmm. hear and, and learn something in professional or personal time. So you know, do you have anything to add to that as far as how, uh, how, how a business could look for someone that would they would need to to have help them uh that's interesting because you know we have source vendors that we partner with as well and i would just say that i'm always personally skeptical of someone who has all the answers okay if someone is presenting to you and they have all the answers and all the bases covered Mm -hmm. and it's not they can't show you direct experience in that sure but they have all the answers i'm skeptical Sure. So just like I do my personal investing, I diversify my portfolio, mm-hmm. right? So uh, we, are, we are content experts, mm-hmm. right? But we're not media experts. We don't place and publish media at True. volume. So yeah. when we are talking about these strategies that require publishing and placement of media at mm-hmm. volume, we will present in a fashion that says, hey, 
by the way, here are some great partners. We have three or four of them that mm-hmm. we can present, that we can vet alongside you yeah. to pick the appropriate partner to be part of this ecosphere. Okay. Because yeah. I think that, uh, at least from my understanding, most agencies, especially the ones we've previously worked at, they want to own the whole pie. And they're not experts yeah. in everything. Yeah. So I would suggest that companies find experts in the categories they're looking to develop. That's very good. And create yeah, a unified valid. front. Mm-hmm. So us as content partners, we do have all the content bases covered. Mm-hmm. But we need media publishers mm-hmm. to help with that effort. Yeah. So think about it in that way. The application of that is going to be different for your business uh, and for your you know business objective, you mm-hmm. know what, what your overall goal is. But think of it in that way is how can I diversify and bring the most experts to the table to help yeah. me achieve the goal? That's all, all good, all yeah. good things to consider. So hopefully you guys have uh, found value in today's uh, discussion. We definitely hit a lot of very fun topics within uh, B2B, really the biggest approach that we could do, and then how to uh, adapt your thinking so that you can hit the most value out of those objectives. So, uh, yeah, we appreciate your time. Thank you so much for tuning in. We hope you join us again in the next episode. See ya.